Welcome to the That's Teaching Life podcast, where I help keep teachers motivated and inspired. Hey there, welcome along to this week's podcast. This week, I have the pleasure of interviewing Robbie Kane, a fellow Irishman, always a plus, and a fellow teacher entrepreneur. But Robbie has done so much more, and he has an amazing story to share with us. Hey, Richard, thank you, man. And uh, thank you for inviting me to do this. It's my first time doing this type of podcast. So I'm very excited. And um, yeah, let's let's go for it. The first question uh, I'm interested in, Robbie, is did you always want to be a teacher? I mean, was it something that when you were a kid, you used to um, play and dress up as a teacher, however teachers dress up? And is it something that, you know, when you left school, you said, this is what I want to do, and specifically to be an English teacher. Can you tell us just a little bit about how you started? Right. So here's the thing. I did not use to dress up as a teacher when I was a kid. Actually, it was kind of the opposite. Both of my parents were teachers, and both of my grandparents were also teachers. So it was for this reason that I always felt I'm going to go in a different direction. You know, I'm going to I'm going to find my own path. I didn't know what, what that path would be, but I just felt quite strongly I'm, I'm not going to be a teacher. Uh, anyway, I went to university. I did a, a Bachelor of Arts degree. And it was shortly after that, I saw my sister. She did a certificate in English language teaching. And I saw she was, you know, quite enjoying her job as an English teacher. And I guess I had a change of heart. I decided to, to do the same thing. And even though, you know, it wasn't the plan, teaching was, was something I fell into. I very quickly uh, found that I was falling in love. Great stuff, Robbie. Um, a question then I have is, um, I mean, let's get right into the bones of it. Um, what to you are the main joys that teaching brought to you? Yeah, so, so that's, that's a really good question. I should probably preface my answer by saying that when I was a kid, I was not a particularly good student and I don't have particularly fond memories of school. Uh, I always found it quite difficult to, to study, to, to pay attention in class. Uh, you know, I found it, I found it quite boring. So I think when I actually became a teacher myself, um, I felt quite strongly about creating the type of class and a type of atmosphere where the students are engaged and they're enjoying it. You know, they, they can look forward to going to class. And when they think about that class, they have fond memories about it. And I found that teaching English as a foreign language, it really gave me the freedom and flexibility to, to create that kind of atmosphere and that kind of dynamic in my classes. And, and that was incredibly rewarding. Now, of course, there's so many great things about teaching, but there's a lot of negative um, things that we hear, a lack of motivation of students, uh, burnout of teachers, stress. Can you talk a little bit about those three things, about lack of motivation of, from the students, the burnout that teachers feel, and the stress? And I want to get more specific into some of those in my next question. Yeah, Richard, I, I think you've hit the, the three big ones there. So the first one, lack of motivation in students. Yeah, I mean, it can be it can be incredibly frustrating. And I think for me, the way I dealt with it is I always try to view it as a challenge. All right, like how can I 
how can I motivate these guys? How can I get them engaged? What can I do to kind of shake them out of apathy and, and, and bring them into, into the lesson? Um, so I think just shifting that way that I looked at it, you know, away from being a frustration and, and towards being a challenge definitely helped me approach it in a more positive way. Now, with that said, of course, you know, there are some students that are just really difficult and and, and problematic and uh, there's not always something you know the, the teacher can do but thankfully in my experience you know the vast majority of the students I had were were awesome you know and I got to meet some some really cool uh, really great people <laughs> with the next one with burnout yeah I, uh, I think it's it's like I, I was only in so I started teaching English in in 2013 and uh, I finished up in in uh, 2020 that was in a school and, and then that's when uh, I moved online full-time so even, even in that time like I know people have had teaching careers way way longer than that but but I found that uh yeah you know I could get burn I could get burnout you know if I was teaching the same lesson twice to different classes on the same day that could be a little bit repetitive and then you know when you're doing it long enough and it's your third time teaching the same lesson twice to two different classes on the same day uh yeah I mean you can you can totally get uh burnt out and also you know with teaching of course it's not just the teaching time it's the uh it's it's the prep time too and you know at the beginning especially that can be that can be really exhausting and for me the prep uh just to to kind of segue into the last uh point you brought up the prep was definitely a source of stress in the beginning you know spending hours preparing one lesson just to to try to keep the class happy you know because you know with uh teaching english as a foreign language you know it's just a four or five week course you do you're not really fully equipped to deal with every uh, everything after that course so yeah it could be it could be really stressful and then hey if, if you don't do your prep you know that's when things got you know even even more stressful you know actually if you were going into a class and you didn't feel fully prepared but you know thankfully over time um you know you, you you feel you feel comfortable you feel confident with your prep when you've when you've taught the lesson um when you've taught the lesson a few times so so that reduced the stress but then that's when things become repetitive and then when things are repetitive that's when you can get you can get burnout so uh yeah <laughs> i jumped around a bit there on my answer but but yeah hopefully um hopefully i answered the question so I mentioned uh, burnout and stress. Um, what have you found? I mean, are the root causes for this? And what did you do to either prevent them or to stop it happening again? So to stop getting burnt out, to stop getting stressed. Were there any tips that you can let us know um, that worked for you? Yeah, for sure. So I, I kind of touched on it uh, when I was answering the last question, but I feel like the main source of burnout is that repetition, right? Because when you're just, you know, when you feel like you're doing the same thing um, every day or at least quite often, you lose that excitement and enthusiasm and, and passion. And, and that's when I feel, like, I feel like that's when people start to get, start to get burnt out. Um, so a way to, to avoid that is actually putting the time in to create new lessons. Because, you know, when you're going in with a brand new, brand new lesson, you notice that 
excitement again. How are they going to respond to it? Oh, you know, I can't wait to do this activity with this class that I've never done before. So for me, that was definitely a way that I dealt with uh, burnout aspect of it, you know, creating new lessons so things would feel fresh so I could avoid that feeling of, of repetition. But with the stress, like I said, you, you know, lesson planning is is incredibly time consuming and, and, and the cause, big cause of stress is if you're going into work, if you're going into class and you don't feel fully prepared. So for me, like being totally honest, after the first six months to a year of teaching, I didn't really feel stressed anymore. And, and that's because I put in the hard time really creating lessons and, and refining lessons that, you know, I, I knew where were good lessons. I knew students would respond well to. And that meant, you know, I didn't have that anxiety or worry going into the class. You know, I know I, I knew I had material and I knew I had an approach and methodology that could keep the students um, could keep the students happy. But the big source of stress in the beginning was not knowing how good my prep was and going in feeling like I hadn't fully prepared for, for a lesson. So, so th there's no like quick fix for this one. Just the best advice I can give someone worried about that is I actually put the, put the hard time in, put the hours in, you know, preparing your lessons and, and really like you can't put a price on, on that feeling, you know, going into work the next day, just feeling totally calm, totally comfortable, totally confident. It won't happen overnight, but you know, if you do put the time in, um, if you do spend the time preparing lessons and planning your lessons and trying to make your class engaging, I think that's that's the best way to deal with stress. And all, like, of course, a lesson plan is an asset because, like I said, if you if you've done it once and you know it works, and then if you have a class of the same level, you know you can just pull it out again and do it in the future, and you know save yourself a lot of a lot of time planning the lesson. But then, of course, you have to be careful of burnout. You know, you you, you don't want to do too much repetition. Now we hear a lot, Robbie, about being a teacher entrepreneur and going from being a general English teacher to a more sp specialized um, teacher slash coach. And can you tell our listeners when it, you suddenly realized that this change had to happen and how it's impacted your life? Yeah, for sure. So when I realized the change had to happen, was March 2020, right? When the when the pandemic happened. But when I realized I wanted it to happen, probably would have been somewhere between six months to a year before then. It, it was then I started to really feel a little bit bored. I wanted some kind of a a change. I liked my job. I was comfortable. I was comfortable. I was probably too comfortable. You know, I wanted new challenges. I was always asking for new responsibilities and, you know, roles in, in work. And I actually, uh, a colleague at the time, this would have been in 2019, it was a bit of an entrepreneur herself. And we started working together on a smartphone app. It was kind of like a language learning app for, for kids that used AR technology which is augmented reality so i don't know if anyone's familiar with the game pokemon go from a few years ago it was kind of that technology but it was used to help kids learn learn language and practice their pronunciation anyway i think that's when i started to really get a, a taste 
and a feel for this kind of entrepreneur stuff. I just, I just didn't know how, right? Like I knew I wanted something different. I just, I didn't have a map. I didn't have a, I didn't have a plan and it, it seemed quite overwhelming. And then obviously, you know, March, 2020 rolled around and that was kind of the, the final kick in the ass I needed. And I was like, all right, like now I really do. I need to figure this, uh, this out. No, I guess it's not all rosy, rosy being a teacher entrepreneur. I mean, we think of the advantages of being a digital nomad, of going anywhere around the world and and working with clients no matter where you are. But can you outline some of those advantages and on the flip side, outline some of the disadvantages that you have found about being a teacher entrepreneur? Yeah, um, 100%. So for, for me, the advantages far outweigh uh, the disadvantages. And, and like you said, for me, to be able to pick up my laptop and just go to, to have that level of freedom, it, it's not something I take for granted. And it's not something I, I take lightly. It's something I'm incredibly uh, grateful to have. And it, it, it's just, it's an amazing feeling and it's incredibly rewarding. And of course, there's that satisfaction of, of, of building something, you know, of, of creating something that, that helps people. And for that thing to to be your own, it's it's an incredible it's an incredible feeling. The, the disadvantages, well, for sure. I mean, you need to put yourself outside your your comfort zone, right? So for me, like I, I didn't even have social media before twenty twenty. Uh, you know, I think I only set up an Instagram. Uh, might I might have had LinkedIn a little before, but an Instagram. And a Facebook account. I only set them up in 2020 because I knew I had to figure out this this online thing. So so that was definitely a source of anxiety for me. And then you know trying to figure out how to post content and thinking, I'm not what of like some of my friends see these cheesy Instagram videos that I'm I'm making now. You know what what will the football team think? And you know what if people think it's silly? Or so I really like like you really have to overcome that fear of what other people will think of what you're doing because of course it is it is a bit different you know you are you are stepping outside the comfort zone it's it's a little outside the norm for most people so for me i really needed to to adjust my mindset and you know you hear the the term growth mindset being thrown around a lot but it was just embrace that fact that i'm doing new things and i'm, I'm learning skills that I have the power to to change my life and, and create a life that you know i really i really want to have and um you know like i said i i knew i wanted something different for a while but it was just when the pandemic happened i had no choice so i really like there was no option to stay where i was anymore i had to move i had to go i had to leave my comfort zone so that actually really really helped me push through and kind of feel the fear and 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 do it anyway now, a question I have to ask, Robbie, is would you ever go back to being a classroom teacher working in an academy or is this teacher entrepreneur lifestyle something that, I mean, you recommend to everybody? Because, you know, a lot of people, we, we, we talked about some of the advantages and disadvantages, but a lot of people may be feeling scared. So how would you sell this lifestyle to people? So if it's, is, is it for everybody? Like the honest answer is is no. Um, if you're happy 
working in a school and you're 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 happy with your you know whatever it is you're being paid and you're happy with your your lifestyle your work-life balance then there's no reason to 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 make that change right but if you if you want something more whether it's you know you want you want more security you want you want more money you want more freedom if you want these things and you're not happy with your current situation then the rewards are definitely there um it's not it's not an easy journey like i said you need to be prepared to to leave your comfort zone um you need to you need to work hard to level up in the skills that will ultimately determine your success so you know it's not just it's not just about teaching anymore teaching it's it's still the most important thing but then you've got two other you know super important skills that you know will determine your success as a teacher entrepreneur and, and they are your marketing you know that's your ability to create content and messages that will resonate with the people you want to help and ultimately move them to take action and 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 reach out to you and then the other is you know you can call it sales or you can call it your ability to communicate the value of what you're offering and and, and that's going to that's going to determine how much people are willing to to pay you for your for your service so there's two super super essential skills you know um that will ultimately determine how successful you are so you know if you're prepared to 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 go from you know because as a teacher you're kind of the expert all the time if you're prepared to go from the expert to being a learner again and, and you're ready to embrace that and you're ready to learn skills that have the power to to change your life and, and create a, a new situation for you then then go for it the rewards are there and you know even the journey itself it it it, it it's so rewarding see you know right now i'm I, if I stop to take a look, it's like okay, now I'm in that situation that I I wanted to achieve at at the beginning, but I'm I'm still enjoying the journey so much. This this process of growth, this process of of learning new things that you know sometimes I forget to kind of take a step back and actually see. Oh wow, those original goals I said well, I've actually hit them right because I'm just enjoying the ride so so much right now. Now I know one of the things that can really um affect teachers or can can stress them is building resources i mean when they're working in academies they have a curriculum they have a book that they follow but when they become teacher entrepreneurs maybe they don't have that support and i know you have something that i personally have used which is an exceptional piece of work but i'm not going to big it up i want you to tell us robbie about some of the resources that you provide for teachers uh, yeah cheers man for that um, you know, I think Richard, in, in many ways, I was quite fortunate because when I was working in that school before the pandemic, we had electronic whiteboards. And like I said, I spent a lot of time creating new material and new lessons. And, and all of that material, I would put it into PowerPoint slides, which I would then display on the, elect- on the electronic whiteboard during the, um, during the class. Right. So I actually had this experience creating resources that are suitable for, you know, the online classroom way, way before the, the pandemic. I think we had those electronic whiteboards since 20, 2014, I think. So, you know, I had years of experience prepping these materials. But anyway, as you know, like when you're a teacher entrepreneur, we, you know, you shift away from teaching classes to teaching a program for, for many reasons. But, you know, one of them being 
a, a program is more valuable and is more effective at solving specific problems for the group of students you want to help than just a class-based approach. So I spent a lot of time building my my program, you know, which was to help uh, business professionals improve their English communication skills. And uh, I invested a lot of time into building that program and it was quite time consuming and it was a challenge even, you know, even despite the fact I had, you know, a lot of experience creating these types of lessons before. And what I noticed was, you know, through, through Facebook, through LinkedIn, through people reaching out to me that, you know, this lesson planning and this program building was an incredibly stressful thing for a lot of people. So I, it was around then that I decided to take the program I'd built that, you know, my students were enjoying that I had had success with that was helping me build my business and, and just create a version of it that, that every single teacher entrepreneur could use. So they could use it as it is, right. Without changing it, or they could even use it just as a foundation, as a base, and they could make their own changes and, and build upon it. And yeah, that, that's when, you know, our, our, our friend James Liu and I, we started working more closely together it was actually because, you know, there was that need within his community of teacher entrepreneurs. There was that need they had for, for a, kind of a done for you program that they could use, or that would at least give them that foundation and that confidence uh, and solve that, solve that challenge for them. So the program itself, like I said, it, it, it was to help professionals with their business English communication skills so it, it covers 10 weeks of material that focus on areas like you know expanding business english vocabulary communicating in meetings answering job interview questions uh, delivering presentations and writing uh professional emails so it kind of takes all the all the you know the big pain points um most non-native english speaking professionals uh would have and um yeah, like the, the feedback has been great so far. It was, it was really cool. It's really rewarding to see other teachers being able to be able to create something that's helpful for for other teachers. But also, that was the start of me transitioning into the work I'm doing now, which is which is helping other teacher entrepreneurs to to establish and build and grow their their own businesses. Well, Robbie, we're nearly coming to the end of the interview, but I do have a final question and that final question is is there any advice either one single piece of advice or even three um tips um that you would give somebody who is considering moving from being a general english teacher in an academy or teaching online to um kids what advice would you give them to take the next step wow uh so i'll try to i'll try to keep this as succinct uh, as I can, like there are a lot of mistakes I I made, and I think it's really important to to learn from your mistakes. Um, you know, they say the definition of insanity is to keep doing the same thing and expect you know a different outcome. Now, of course, you need to be consistent, and you might need to you know do the right things consistently for a while before you see results. But if it becomes super clear and super obvious that something isn't working um isn't yielding results and you've been doing it for a sufficient amount of time then don't keep doing it expecting something different you know analyze find out why it's not working make those make those tweaks make those course adjustments and, and never lose sight of you know your ultimate destination which is is where you want to be 
and you know there are going to be ups and downs like i said earlier the the rewards are absolutely massive but there will be bumps and there will be challenges too and it's really important to know your why why did i decide to do this so you can you can hold on to that in the difficult moments you know and, and don't lose sight of the of the ultimate goal you know when you when you acknowledge that hey like there are going to be ups and downs but you know this is what you want to do and you're on the right journey it makes those difficult moments way easier uh to deal with you know something as well that i did wrong like i said in march 2020 and that was the final push i needed that's when i started you know trying to figure out how, how this worked it wasn't until december 2020 that things really started to click in place and that's because i spent um uh eight nine months trying to figure everything out on my own right uh, trying to work out what works on my own and it wasn't until december that just by chance i got this random instagram message on instagram by this guy james that um you know i i learned hey you know there's a system there's a map other people have done this before and have figured it out why do i need to guess and try to work everything out myself when when here it is so you know be prepared to 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 invest in some coaching because it has the power to fast track your progress you know you can learn something it, it took someone years to figure out in in a couple of weeks or or a couple of months through coaching but of course you know be careful where you're investing too so you know a rule I, i'm constantly investing in new new coaching you know new programs to learn more and and, and improve skills that i you know I, I think will help my business and help me to help more people but a rule i have anytime i'm going to invest is whatever the promise of the program is or whatever the coach is promising i always check if he has sufficient proof to back up that promise you know and does he have the testimonials and client successes that it really it really works and you know i always use this measure if he was in court making that promise would he have sufficient proof to convince a fair-minded jury that what he's saying is true so, so i use that principle when, when i'm going to invest in coaching to make sure you know i work with with the right people on the right programs and it hasn't let me down yet so that's definitely some advice i'd passed on uh, I'd, i would pass on i said i'd keep this short um I'm, I'm already i'm already rambling but just to summarize learn from your mistakes um don't be expecting an easy ride but hold on to your why the, the reason you're doing this so you'll have that in the difficult moments and, and when you know it's not there are going to be ups and downs it makes those downs lot easier uh, to deal with don't be expecting instant results but when you do the right the right things consistently um over a period of time then you know success almost becomes inevitable so um yeah i hope this is hope this is helpful and uh cheers richard it, it's been awesome uh doing this robbie i just want to say thank you so much for being a guest on my podcast You've shared some incredible information, some incredible tips. And of course, you've let our viewers know, or should I say our listeners know about the great resources that you provide, which I personally can testify that they are excellent. And make sure that you subscribe to this podcast. Make sure that you listen in every week because I'm going to be helping motivate you as a teacher and also share amazing stories from other teachers who have made that leap from classroom academy teacher to teacher entrepreneur. I'll see you in the next podcast. Make sure that you subscribe to this podcast to be kept up to date when I release new episodes.